Brand Mary, we believe in the power of storytelling. So we're on a mission to help entrepreneurs own and monetize their story through personal branding and advanced marketing strategies. Build a brand, market with ease, create more income and impact. Welcome to the Brand Mary Podcast. Welcome to episode 56 of the Brand Mary Podcast. I am Michelle Knight, founder and CEO of Brand Mary. I'm so excited that you are tuning in today. Thank you for listening. I seriously love it. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. I've been receiving a lot of messages from y'all listening to the podcast, and it's so nice because I feel like with YouTube, there's like the comment section, email, there's, you know, replies, live videos, you've got that. But with the podcast, it's like I record all of these episodes and I'm like, I hope that people enjoy them. <laughs> and so it's so nice to hear from you. So if you haven't messaged me, if you if you listen, you know, weekly or you catch up every month, which is what I do with my podcast, be sure to touch base with me over on Instagram. I'm at Michelle Knight Co. over there. And I am recording this episode It's a batch episode, y'all. You know how much I love batch recording, batch creating. But this particular episode, I am batching a couple days before we leave for Italy. So this is coming out while I'm in Italy. I'm in Sicily. It's one of my dream destinations. Although I don't look it, I am very Italian. And uh, my great-grandfather, who I was incredibly close to growing up, was from Sicily. My son is actually named after him. His middle name is my great-grandfather's first name, Jasper. And this has been a bucket list item for us for so long. So obviously, I'm there now technically, but I'm talking to you, you know, having not gone yet. My husband and I went to... Italy for our honeymoon 10 years ago. We haven't been back in 10 years. We were crazy, you know, it was a crazy, like, tw- I think I just turned 25 when we got married. So still basically 24, 25 year old. And um, we just asked everyone to pay for our honeymoon. <laughs> it was like, this is the start. If you want to go back and find the point in time where Michelle and Ben became obsessed with travel and it became one of their greatest values of all time, it was this moment. And uh, that was in 2012. We went to Italy for two weeks. I remember at the time we got all this cash from our wedding because that's what we asked for. We didn't register for anything. And we got all this cash. And I remember us typing it into the conversion calculator and going, oh my gosh, is this a good idea? Because it was horrible. <laughs> like the dollar to euro. We lost so much. Like we lost like a bunch of US money with the conversion, but we did it anyway. And we had the time of our lives. And it it it's I'm just like, oh, I like almost want to cry thinking about being there next week and getting to experience it with our son. And we're taking my parents who have never been, and it has always been a dream of theirs as well. And when my husband and I were planning our trip 10 years ago, we were there for two weeks, which is amazing. We really wanted to go to Sicily, but it just didn't work out logistically. And so that's our main focus this time. And then I could not be in Italy and not go back to Florence because it is one of my favorite places. I actually have a Florida Lee tattoo on my arm, which stands for, oh my gosh, so intimate over here. Look at us go, uh, which, which is for Florence uh, and St. Louis, which is where I'm from, and New Orleans, which is where I got it. And um, we love New Orleans as well. So yeah, we're gearing up for that 
trip. It's also pretty crazy timing, man. I just, when I think back to like when we make decisions, I don't, I don't think about all these small little timing pieces, but it always seems to work out this way where it's so serendipitous. So I am, this podcast is, is released. I am currently in Italy and it is six years since I left my nine to five tomorrow. The 30th is six years since I left my nine to five, since I walked out of my nine to five. It also happens to be six years since I signed my first client. (laughs) That's right. I'm a little crazy. I did not have paying clients when I left my nine to five, but I had a trust that was so freaking deep. And I had the support, amazing, amazing support of my husband. And as I was walking out of my nine to five, they paid their invoice. You want to talk about timing? That's that's amazing. That's a great example. So we're just celebrating all the things right now. I really hope that you're celebrating no matter where you're at in life, no matter what you're doing today when you're listening to this. I hope you're celebrating. I hope you're taking time to really look back and say, oh man, I wanted what I have now. Like, look how far I've come. Look what I've learned. I feel like it's really easy to do it like a year mark or a five-year mark or a 10-year mark like we're celebrating now, but I think it's important to do all the time. And today's episode is a reflection of growth. (laughs) And I do this type of episode or I do a live stream or a blog or something of that nature around this time every single year because It's my anniversary. It's my anniversary of leaving my nine to five and becoming a full-time business owner, something I've now consistently done for six years. And I love to create these episodes because they're always different. As I learn new things, as my business evolves, I look back and I'm like, oh, if I would have known this in the beginning, that would have been incredibly helpful. And I always try to support my clients with these things as well. So this episode specifically, I'm going to be sharing, if I were just getting started, what I would do differently. After six years of experience, after working with thousands of clients with branding, I I have some stuff I need to talk to you about. And I hope that it's really helpful in self-identifying maybe some things that you might be doing or some things that you might have overlooked and you know, maybe auto-correcting or fixing them before I had the realization. (laughs) Especially if you're just getting started, just do it now, right? So I've got five for you, five things that I would do differently. And the first one is not new. The first one, I have said it before and I'll say it again. I would have focused more on the key elements of branding rather than just the look. All right. So episode 54 was all about branding mistakes. Pretty sure I talked about it in that episode. Episode 55, which I just recorded five minutes ago, (laughs) I talked about this as well. It's so, so important because – I am not I'm not shy about investing really early on in my business. I joined a group program when I first started my business because I wanted to have results quickly. I knew I could figure it out on myself. I can DIY. I, I, so that's not a problem. But 
I don't know what I don't know. And so I was okay with investing, which was terrifying because at the time <laughs> didn't really have the money. Um, but I, I chose to, my husband and I chose to do credit cards, loans, different things like that to invest in my business in the beginning. And I remember the branding process, it was nothing like what I teach. And even when I started working one-on-one, the branding process, it missed such important stuff. And even then later in the year, like there was no one really at the time and definitely, you know, messaging and, and courses and content creation and stuff like that has evolved. But at the time, no one was really talking about these key elements of branding. And as a refresher for you, if you haven't already grabbed my 45-day brand plan, which is a new PDF download, by the way, um, which you can grab at brandmary.com slash 45 days, brandmary.com slash 45 days, you can grab this PDF. And inside the PDF, I outline these key elements. But in case you haven't done that, um, or you haven't worked with me before, you haven't heard these, let's quickly recap, okay? So the first element is your story. So a lot of entrepreneurs will focus more on the look and the feel first, uh, what other people are doing, what their competition looks like, maybe even their offer, when really what I believe you should do is go inward, really look at your mission, the impact that you want to create, the work that you want to do, your strengths, your experience, all those different things in order to create a more aligned and authentic brand. And so rather than going outward, going inward first. So that's the first part. The second is identifying your niche. You know, where's your pocket in the industry? Where are you going to put your energy and attention toward? The third is your customer, your ideal customer. Who the hell are you going to sell to? Okay, it's kind of important. Then we've got messaging. And this is where you really start to practice your copywriting. You start to uh, practice your, you integrate your authentic voice in there and you start to really clearly outline what it is you're going to provide for your audience and, and why it's important to them, how it's going to benefit them. Then we have your offer. So creating one signature offer to start and being super crystal clear on what that is, the benefit, creating a framework, mapping it out. Because the idea is that once your brand is, is complete, you're ready to sell. We don't need to wait. We don't create our brand, launch our website, and then think about our offer. No, we do that during the branding process. And then the final part of this process is, is the look and the feel, but from an emotional branding perspective. So rather than just choosing fonts and colors that you saw on the internet or that you think look cute, you're being more strategic with really thinking about how you want your audience to feel and choosing colors and fonts and aesthetic to match that. So no one was telling me about those pieces in that order when I started. They were jumbled. People, I was getting uh, different pieces of the puzzle, but it didn't fit together in like a, a nice roadmap. So it felt a little all over the place. I constantly had to revisit stuff. It's one of the reasons I have been so adamant about creating a brand roadmap for five years now. I launched my first branding course in 2017. I have had a program roadmap to freedom, which is no longer available, but it supported entrepreneurs with the branding phase. Again, everything I just shared with you and more. Primary Academy, which is my monthly membership program. We have a branding section in there. And now my new program, Build a Better Brand, which definitely grab the brand plan first. But if you want to check out 
uh, build a better brand, you can go to brandmary.com slash better brand for that. And that's exactly what it does, right? It gives entrepreneurs the things that I wish I had in the beginning, this step-by-step chronological order of building a brand, one that's authentic, one that's aligned, one that you can immediately start selling from. So I feel like I don't need to go too much into this. If you're new, know that I have so many resources on branding. But if you've listened to the podcast before, this is more of just a reminder to you that that work is so important. And I wish I would have focused on all of those different elements in that specific order in the beginning. It would have really changed the tra- not only the trajectory of my business, but also the stress and the comparisonitis because I really, really, really struggled with that. It still pops up from time to time, but I can recognize it. But I really struggled in the beginning, like so much self-doubt, so many insecurities that I just didn't even listen to myself. I already had all the answers, but I wasn't listening to myself. I was looking for someone else to tell me what to do. And I don't think that's where branding comes from. I know that's not where branding comes from. So the first thing, I'll say it again, I'd focus on those key elements of branding because they make a huge difference in the success of your business. The the second thing that I would do is I would speed up my timeline. So those first months were really, really hard. Again, going back to number one, I think that they were easily connected, right? Because I was looking outside of myself. I didn't have a clear roadmap. Um, I was kind of focusing on the wrong things in my business. I was really obsessed with getting my website created and just kind of skimmed the surface of branding. But then my website was really, really hard to create because I hadn't done the branding work. And so there was so, again, there were so many feelings of just like insecurity. Can I do this? Is this going to work? Oh my gosh, do I even know what I'm doing? (laughs) Because I hadn't laid that strong foundation. But I know that if I would have spent more time on the branding piece. And by more time, I mean just like 30 days of just focusing on branding, just 30 days of focusing on branding in the beginning, then I would have been able to launch my website faster. And yes, of course, in the beginning, it would was probably going to be like really messy. Like I didn't really know what, how to write great copy back then. Like I've learned so much through through my journey. But I wouldn't have wasted all of that time trying to build the perfect website. I would have known that my brand was solid and I knew who I was and I had my offer and I had a great message. I would have created a really simple website to reflect that. But in the beginning, nobody's coming to your website anyway. Like it's important. You want to have it because of the things that we teach at Brand Mary, like optimizing it for SEO, putting content on there, having an offer page, writing it about me. But in the beginning, nobody is looking at it. So what I would have done is I would have spent 30 days focusing in on my brand. And then I would have spent maybe two weeks, maybe, putting a website together, really simple simple website, pulling the things that I knew about my colors and my fonts and the things that I learned in the branding process, and then fine-tuning it, maybe picking, like putting it out in the world and then maybe picking one day a week where I elevated my photos or I elevated the layout or I rewrote, you know, one page of my copy, but just getting it out there. Because what happened is that I was trying so hard for it to be perfect that I 
spent a lot of time building this website that no one even saw in the beginning. And I could have been signing clients during that time. You know, at the beginning of this episode, I shared that I literally signed my first client while I was walking out of my nine to five. That was stressful AF, <laughs> you know, because like it's exciting. Yes, I'm I'm going out. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. It's going to be amazing. But like, okay, but I haven't made anybody. Is this the stupidest thing I've ever done in my entire life? Those thoughts were going through my head, of course. I think I could have saved myself a lot of stress if I would have been focused on signing clients a lot sooner, which I could have done if I wasn't so consumed with making my website perfect. It would have made those first few months easier financially, of course. And now I would never, like, I would never take back anything that I have done, right? Because they've taught me everything that I know now and what I can teach you. But for you, I'm talking to you, like, this is what I would tell you to do differently. We, when we were creating my new course, Build a Better Brand, we recognized that a key piece that holds entrepreneurs back is this time suck, is this timeline. And really, I wanted to give entrepreneurs the resources to put their website together quickly and launch it into the world. So we focus more on how to write those copy pages, like how to write your sales page, how to write your homepage, how to structure it, your about me page, how to increase conversions, the pages to have, like those different things. Because this is where you sit spinning your wheels, you know? And so that was – this is such – an important lesson for me that I I want to give to you and I know how crucial it is to take this messy action and just get it out there. You can always change it. You can always elevate it. I'm still elevating my brand today. Every year I revisit my brand and I make tweaks and I sub out photos and I change some copy and I'm not redoing the whole thing. I'm just elevating the experience. So it's not even going to be perfect to begin with. You know, you're going to spend all of this time trying to make it perfect and then you're going to change it anyway because that's what happens. So I'd speed up my timeline. It should come as no surprise to you since I already shared that I have a free PDF that talks about doing it in 45 days, but that's what I would focus on. I would focus on 45 days, two months max to lay my solid brand foundation and build my website. Done. And then I would have kickstarted immediately into marketing. Which brings me to number three. I would have put less emphasis on social media and more on SEO in the beginning. You know, when I started my business six years ago, there weren't a lot of mainstream, I'm using air quotes, or popular air quotes, again, coaches, mentors, course creators that were talking about SEO in the beginning. SEO was really reserved if you did a lot of digging and you were looking at like business specific, like you're starting a business, you have a brick and mortar, but not so much for like a solo entrepreneur who like is in consulting or coaching or something like that. And so now <laughs> everyone knows it's important, which is great for me <laughs> because I teach entrepreneurs how to do it. But I would have 100% focus less on posting every single day on social media or showing up in Facebook groups and more on creating weekly blog posts that were SEO optimized, uh, getting started on Pinterest even sooner than I did, and creating just like discoverable content. 
because it took me about a year to actually take blogging seriously. And I, my business is already in a great position, but I would definitely be further along with blog post ranking on page one, more blog post ranking on page one, um, and uh, even more keywords, even more keyword ranking for my website if I would have known what I know now and started earlier. And so this isn't to say don't focus on social media. Social media can be beneficial. I tell entrepreneurs that all the time. You don't have to use social media, but it can be beneficial to your marketing strategy. But the emphasis that we put on social media in the beginning, it's like, what? It blows my mind still to this day because it's so time-consuming. You're constantly having to think of something new and it doesn't last. Whereas something like SEO marketing in the beginning of your business for the website that you now have, right? Because you're going to get it done in 45 days. This is key and it leads to more sustainable growth over time. Some of my first blog posts that I actually took serious with SEO are the main traffic drivers today to my website. Blogging can take a little bit of time to to rank, right? SEO can take a little bit of time. So I would have definitely put less emphasis every single week on creating content for social media and more on not just creating blog posts, but optimizing those blog posts for sure. So if you're in a place where you're feeling like drained content creation-wise, you find that you're spending hours on social media, start to get more strategic with it. Can you play with it? I bet you if you post, this is, you know, everyone's different, but I've I've tested for my own account. If you post three times a week, you'll get the exact same reach as you would every single day. Because social media itself isn't meant to be discovered. You reels are a great way to be discoverable, but and and we think of TikTok as social media, but it's not. It's SEO. Um, there are ways to get discovered, but it's so time-consuming. If you spent an hour to write a blog post and do some SEO keyword research and get that on your website, longevity results are going to be a million times higher. Plus, because you're just getting started, and I know I felt this way, you're basically talking to no one on social media. <laughs> so you're like nobody's there. <laughs> nobody's following me, which means nobody is seeing my content. But because you focus or switch your energy to discoverable content, you can build your audience faster. So that is definitely number three. Number four, I would have set better boundaries with clients. This is a tricky one. And this is one of those lessons that I am so thankful that I actually learned because it supported so many of my clients over the years by me being able to support them in saying no because it's so hard. But when I was starting my business, we were financially crunched. We, and I think this transparency is important. We were going down to one income, my husband's income. He was in retail management. We owned a house, you know, all the things. I was, we were removing an entire salary. And at the time we had a lot of debt. And so we had to make a lot of choices. And my dog is still in my room if y'all heard her. I'm just recording podcasts with her in the room because we're going to be in Italy and Greece. And I don't want her to miss me. (laughs) Anyways, I digress. It was a difficult time financially. And so... 
I was kind of taking on anything that would come my way. And looking back, I know why I did it. And looking back, it it helped, right? A little. But looking back, it was a trade-off because more stress actually came into my life as a result of not following my instincts with those clients. More, it, they consumed more of my time, which kept me from marketing or signing additional clients. I also had a capacity of how many clients I could take because of my husband's work schedule and being home with my son and caretaking that I only had so many clients. So my roster was full and I couldn't take on anyone else. And so looking back, I would have really trusted myself more and knowing that a client wasn't right for me. Because I had a few in those first... So if we're talking timeline here, September to December of 2016... I worked with a few one-on-one clients. These were one-on-one, these were people who had been on my list probably since like you know, June that I had been doing. I had a Facebook group, so I would do videos all the time and challenges. All, like I was marketing. I was showing up for sure. And they we worked one-on-one together. And then at the end of the year, I set a goal for myself to have 10 one-on-one clients. That was my goal. I don't think I would ever have that many clients ever again. <laughs> so many clients, 10 one-on-one clients. And so I, every opportunity that came my way via discovery call or someone inquiring about my services, I would say yes to because I had that goal and I wanted to hit it. But when I look back at some of those relationships, I knew on our first call that we were not the right fit. And so this is about like trusting yourself really, like trusting yourself when you have a conversation with a client, when you, when someone reaches out to you, honoring the work that you've done at the branding phase and, and saying no, like it's okay to say no. I do it a lot now. Like I learned my lesson and my business is better for it now. I have still made mistakes. Yes, we all do. Where you're like, okay, I feel like there was a red flag there. But I'm much better at it now. You know, I stopped offering discovery calls in my business in 2020. And to work with me one-on-one, it's all application and email exchange. So someone applies and we have an email exchange and I give them the information. I answer all of their questions via email and I give them the link and they can sign up. Many, many people will sign up after one email from me because they've listened to the podcast or YouTube or or whatever. They trust my brand. I've clearly outlined the benefits and they're ready to take action. But every once in a while, I will get a someone who is like, well, I really want to get on the phone with you. I really want to get on the phone with you. And those are moments where I'm like, that is not something that I offer. And I'm super nice about it. I'm not saying like say no in like a dick way. I say, you know, this isn't something that I offer in my business. I decided not to offer calls a couple years ago. And um, I understand that that is something that you – would like to do. And I totally respect you for that if it doesn't feel like the right fit. But I encourage you to read testimonials, ask me any questions, listen to you know podcasts, stuff like that. And most of the time they don't follow through. And I'm okay with that. 
Because that to me was like, okay, they don't already trust me enough to make this investment. And there's probably, this is probably universe like going beep, 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 beep. Like, I don't know about this client, Michelle. I don't know about this relationship. So definitely setting more boundaries, saying no, trusting yourself, and then also better boundaries with clients in terms of schedule. So when I first started my business, I felt like I always had to be on and I had to respond so fast to everything that if I didn't respond right away to an inquiry or if I didn't respond to a question in a Facebook group, that like something catastrophic would happen to my business. No. And in fact, because of the industry that I'm in, it's better for me to showcase these boundaries so that my clients can set them as well. Because typically the people who are expecting an immediate response like that are also doing it in their business and it's a boundary that they need to set. It's like a ripple effect. And I've had multiple clients who have told me that it was really hard for them to wait over a weekend to hear back from me, but they're so glad that I did that because it taught them to actually step back and not worry about, you know, responding to their clients on the weekend. So we don't recognize what our, you know, our actions can can do, but I would have been much better at that. I would have not responded late at night. I used Facebook Messenger at the time. I wouldn't have, you know, done Facebook Messenger responses. I wouldn't have responded, you know, every single weekend and immediately or like stressed out about emails. That was a great lesson that I learned. And now my whole business has just, it's so much better for it, but I would have done it a lot sooner. I think it would have saved me a lot of headaches and stress because maybe you've experienced this, but you get like a comment from a, a client in a Facebook group or you get an email from someone asking for something and your mind immediately, because you care about people, immediately goes into, let me fix this right now. Like no matter what you're doing, you could be having dinner and you're like, oh, if I don't, I got to fix this. It's like all you can think about. So one of the best things that I did was take Facebook off my phone. And um, when I'm on vacation, I actually take Gmail off my phone and uh, turn off all notifications. And I set very clear expectations with my community, with my paying clients that like, I'm, I'm not going to respond on the weekend and uh, I respond on these days and it's 24 hours of a response. I might not get back to you the exact same day. I typically do, right? But like this gives me more flexibility. It also allowed me to get to a point where I can, I actually take vacation time, which I think is something entrepreneurs just don't do. Taking actual vacation time where you're stepping away. Like right now, this episode is being released while I'm in Italy. I'm not working with clients. I took two weeks off. I'm not working with clients. I'm not answering questions inside of the academy. And I didn't just ghost. I told them a a month ago, I said, I'm going to be gone these two weeks. Prepare accordingly. If you want me to review something, get it to me, right? So definitely better boundaries with clients and trusting myself to say no more often. And the fifth one, and I have notes for all of these, but this one is literally just what I'm about to say to you. Give less shits about perfection. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Episode over. Just kidding. Perfectionism is something that I am constantly working through in therapy, EFT, mindset work, journaling, 
it is a struggle. I will admit that. I'm I I will scream it from the rooftops because I know so many of you are as well. It's so funny on our academy group calls we're all on camera and it's a hot seat opportunity. And so someone will say something and I'll be like, I sense a little bit of like perfection. Does that feel true? And they're like, oh my gosh, yes. And I'm like, oh, me too. And everyone's head is just like nodding because they are too. So I feel like it's just like you kind of, you know, if you have perfectionism qualities, if you're a recovering perfectionist, I get that you might gravitate towards me. That's totally normal. But I cared a lot about what other people thought in the beginning. This is something that I've had to work on my entire life. A lot about what other people thought in the beginning. And that really fell into my business and it stalled my growth. I, it took a lot longer for me to brand. It took a lot longer for me to create my website. It would take a lot longer for me to even create a graphic on for social media because I was constantly trying to make it perfect. And who was I making it perfect for? I don't know, the world, I guess. But where are the standards? There are no standards in place. And it's actually been through messy action that I've been able to grow more as a human and as an entrepreneur. Because there's room for me to try something new, to try something unexpected, to trust myself a little bit more rather than worrying about how I'm being viewed by others or how I compare to others online. This will and can hurt your business. Can and will. That's what I meant to say. (laughs) This can and will hurt your business. And it's, it's not always easy to see it. This is why I think it's really important to have guidance, mentorship, biz bestie, spouse, whatever, who can kind of call you out on your shit. And the more that you practice identifying this in your life, the better off you'll be. So I can recognize when I call it my perfectionism spiral. I can recognize when I have a perfectionism spiral happening or a comparison spiral, and I know exactly what I need to do. And it typically involves me showing up and being really uncomfortable in some way, like maybe I'll send an email that I just like didn't even think about and wrote on the spot, or I'll write a social media post, or I'll go live, which still is hard to this day. I put myself in an uncomfortable situation. And if it's related to comparison, I remove all distractions. I will turn off Instagram. I will delete the app. I will, all of that. I will block people. I will hide things because If I'm not caring for myself and I'm not doing what is true to me, then my brand is a freaking lie, right? Like you honor yourself as a business owner. Trust yourself. And it's important to learn and grow. Yes, that's not what I'm talking about. But are you learning and growing different strategies and then not putting them out there because you're perfecting them? Or do you have a step-by-step for building your website and you aren't doing it because you're worried that it's not good enough? Give less shits about being perfect. Focus more on taking action with what you have, where you're at right now, and you will grow faster. Those first eight months, yes, 
I didn't have a step-by-step brand roadmap and that sucked. Yes, I spent way too much time on my website, but all of that comes back to me not trusting myself and me trying to create this perfect final product, which is not possible. It's not possible. You'll be better off if you are open to evolving and growing as you go than finalizing something and being done with it in business. It's not possible. I hear a lot of people talk about their course, like I want to create a course and I'm going to evergreen it and then it's done. That shit ain't done. There's no way that's done. You need to go back and fine-tune the customer experience. You need to have a way to update the course and answer frequently asked questions. You're going to have to adjust your marketing because the marketing aspect changes all the time. You'll have to refresh your ads and your graphics. Like, it's never done. It's always evolving. So stop putting this final moment of perfection on all of your projects and get to a place where you go, okay, this is a little uncomfortable, but it feels good. It feels good. I'm going to put it out good. (laughs) That made no sense, but you get what I'm saying. So there you go. That is this year's What I Do Different If I Was Starting My Business Again. I hope that it was really helpful, inspiring, a little bit of a kick in the pants. If this episode spoke to you, if you would like more episodes on perfectionism, I've been thinking about exploring this a little bit as it relates to entrepreneurship. Send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at Michelle Knight Co. Love chatting with you. Also, if you write a review for the podcast, if you haven't done that, you can DM me on Instagram. I'll send you a $5 Starbucks gift card. Get yourself a pumpkin spice latte. No? Do I have pumpkin spice haters listening? It's fine. I don't care. I love it. And definitely just connect with me there if you have any follow-up questions about this episode. A couple reminders for you as we close out this episode. My new course, Better Brand Method, is available. You can check that out, brandmary.com slash betterbrand. And if you're interested in getting a taste of that, uh, getting this 45-day plan for launching your brand and website into the world, definitely check out brandmary.com slash 45 days. You can download that for free. And yeah, I am in Italy. So that's where I'm at. Not really, but when you're listening to this, I am. So come hang out on Instagram, follow along on my travels. Next up, we will be in Greece. All right. In next week's episode, I am going to be sharing some key areas of focus. So this is something that I talked about on Instagram this week of recording the episode, I feel like my timeline is like, like I'm looking at it imaginary in front of me and I'm like, I'm confused. The week I'm recording this, today specifically is September 19th, okay, of recording. I'm moving, we're moving out of our apartment. My son is a ring bearer in a wedding. So cute. We leave for Italy on Sunday and then we're in Greece and my family and I are moving to Mexico for three months. What? So naturally, I need to make very strategic choices in my business so that I can show up in those areas of life. Next week's podcast, I'm going to share with you what I did and why I decided to do it so that you can have a better understanding of how to make these decisions as an entrepreneur and CEO in your business. So stay tuned for that episode 57 next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope to connect with you over on Instagram. Be sure to grab the 45-day brand plan at brandmary.com. I can't talk anymore. Brandmary.com slash 45 days. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. Bye.
We love reviews over here on the podcast. I mean, who doesn't? If you can take a second to leave a review of the Brand Mary podcast over on iTunes, it would mean so much. And to reward you for your time and energy in doing so, I'd love to buy you your coffee, tea, or freaking muffin completely on me. Just after you leave a review, take a screenshot, head on over to Instagram, and find me, Michelle Knight Co. Send me your DM, and I will send you a gift card for Starbucks. It's like a win-win. Not only are you writing an amazing review, which allows us to get the podcast out to more people, you're getting a free beverage, and we're connected on Instagram. And as always, if this episode spoke to you, please consider sharing it with just one person. It means a lot. All right. Thanks so much, and I'll see you in next week's episode.